in this bit as well. Uh, welcome to the Blue Sky Fostering Podcast. Um, we are very well. We've just watched the performance of Chelsea's story, not Chelsea's choice anymore. We can maybe get into actually why that name was changed. That's an interesting part which I have just sprung on you. I sprung it on these guys this morning that we were going to do this. Um, so thank you for uh, agreeing to, to talk to me. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves, introduce the company and stuff like that? If you'd like, maybe want to go first. Uh, so the company is Alter Ego Creative Solutions. My name is Liam. I'm Barbara. I'm Sophie. And I'm Joe. And yeah, the company puts on a lot of different productions which raise awareness about different social issues. And Chelsea's story is about child sexual exploitation and raising awareness about all of the issues and the signs and the effects that it can have on people going through this. Um, well, we just watched it um, here in the, I would actually say, pretty nice temperature at the hill <laughs> when I walked in this morning. Although my sweat patches may tell a different story. Um, <laughs> glad I've just said that on a recorded thing. Um, and. Um, We've literally just finished probably, what, 20 minutes, half an hour ago. Um, and um, I was going to say, like, how, how do you feel after doing it? Obviously, for some of you guys, it was the first time you've done it in front of people. Let's start with you. Let's put you on the spot. How did that feel, doing it for your first time in front of everybody? I might need to turn that to you. Well, um, yeah, it was really nice to have uh, such a responsive audience and to have such lovely feedback at the end just about how much it had had an impact and the desired impact of making people uncomfortable, which is... Not really what you aim to do, but it's it's sort of a side effect of um, exploring a topic like this in such a visceral way. So yeah, it was really nice to share that with people. <laughs> Would you like me to carry on to you want, my yeah, yeah. talk? Uh, yeah, no, it was it was quite tough actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think as well, it was nice to feel like because usually usually the idea of the tour that we're doing is that. We'll go around schools and we'll perform to school children um, from year seven and up. And so obviously the play is more aimed at that um, like age demographic. But actually it was really nice to uh, be performing for foster carers. Um, and actually I think it was a really nice spin on like showing what we could do to adults who are actually in the position to recognize these things and intervene if they if they saw those things because it's so easy to present it to children and kind of give them a bit of an overload and um we do try to highlight that you know it's never the responsibility of the child or the victim to get themselves out of that situation or to have prevented that situation but it still feels really good to have the chance to put that information across to people who are potentially in a position of being able to help prevent and help protect that happening yeah so let's rewind a little bit then so let's go back to the start of Chelsea's story can you tell us a little bit about where it came from um and then um we'll talk a bit more about you guys I guess but actually yeah, where, the, where it's come from and what the idea is behind it so uh the writing director of the company uh Sean McGrath he was first approached uh from a local organization or community within his hometown in Northampton and they were having a problem of child sexual exploitation and at the time he didn't really know that much about the subject and then from looking into it and exploring it more he found out like all of the information about it or as much as possible and he actually met with um, the real life Chelsea obviously her name has been changed to protect her identity but he met with her and got her story and along with a lot of other stories and case studies and put the performance together in order to raise awareness about it and originally it was just going to be in Northampton for a short tour for where they noticed that it was a particularly prominent um issue at the time and it, which it still continues to be across the UK unfortunately but from there 
other areas of the country then got interested, I think, around Lincoln and around Lincolnshire. They found a lot of interest. And from there, it's just gone on from there. So this was back in 2010 when the show first went out. And it has predominantly stayed the same. Uh, some issues and uh, bits of information for, with regards to internet safety, they have been updated as times have gone on. But it's just shown a lot of... It's shown that it has had such a massive impact of trying to get the message across to protect young people as much as possible. So it has just gone on from there. So it's been touring steadily since 2010. And, of course, during lockdown, to try and still get the message out, there was a filmed version which could be live-streamed out as well. So we can try and get the message out there as much as possible. But that's when it's been going on for since 2010. How long have you been involved in it, Ben? So I've been involved with the company. uh, I first started back in 2014. So for me, it's been just over eight years now. And uh, originally, it was just performing one character um, within the performance, uh, one of the younger characters, Mark Shane, uh, uh, two different characters, Mark and Shane, uh, within it. And just touring around um, to different places around the UK, it's, at first, it was just uh, seen just as an acting job, something which I can do to, because I really enjoy acting. But from doing the show and seeing the effect that it can have and the impact, and you, you can see people there in front of you, how their, their minds have been changed or uh, just their eyes have been opened a little bit to the subject it has such a good impact on people that it's, I, I felt it was a really important message to then continue doing so I've worked with the company on and off on a number of different performances as well there's uh, there's other performances within the company which I also do as well so that's why I like to cut to keep coming back with the company because not only is it acting but it's delivering a powerful message at the same time yeah definitely <laughs> I haven't watched it um this morning I definitely tell you it's powerful and that's coming from somebody as well that has you know worked with looked after children, children that have been sexually exploited for 10 years and it, um, yeah, it really, really hit home. We were talking earlier about um, how uncomfortable it felt when you were making eye contact and your character was, it was Gary, wasn't it? Gary, uh, yes. Gary is, for anybody that hasn't watched it, when you watch it, I, how you don't leap out of your chair and clock Gary in the face, is <laughs> <laughs> Gary's an, just, it's just um, awful. But also I think the, the journey that the students go on when they are watching, uh, sorry, when they're, so, for, you know, my interpretation of it is they, they find a diary, they're doing a project on CSE, aren't they? And the, the story is project, portrayed through the diary, isn't it, of, that they have found. Yes. Um, and you see the change in the students' faces. And I think one of the things that we that I noticed at the beginning I was quite surprised about was the humour that was used. I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but I am. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think it was, it was a conscious decision, wasn't it? You sort of said that it was about the... Um, well, tell us about the, the, the humour at the beginning and, and how you think that kind of makes the rest of the the performance easier to receive maybe yeah yeah i think the humor is is very intentionally there to kind of offset the initial expectation that you have which is that this is a serious play i will take this seriously Mm. i will absorb all this knowledge and i will not laugh because it's not funny Mm. and um i think it's designed in a way that it will just pull you out of that because um, there are jokes, there are silly heightened bits which are designed for the audience to go, what the hell is going on? What am I watching? Um, and that, I think, just kind of helps, uh, it helps grab your attention and it helps you stay interested in what you're watching. And I think you're more likely to take in important information if it's not just a, con- a continual slog of sadness and misery. And um, So, yeah, I think the humour does a lot to kind of draw people in and get them invested in the characters so that when eventually um, the exploitation does happen it hits home a lot more mm. um, and yeah you can kind of see that change 
Yeah, uh, I, th- I think for me, it diffused, and we were saying it, it diffused the kind of, oh, I mustn't laugh at anything because this is a very dark thing, obviously. However, um, and you were talking about later on, like the word virginity is used. And actually, if kids have already laughed at something earlier, it's not a, oh my God, I've got to hold this in. So they're more likely to actually listen to the message that you're trying to deliver to them. Um, that was, yeah, that was really noticeable. There's a lot of use of, um, maybe if we're taking it from a technical perspective as well, a lot of use of harsh sounds. Um, you know, like the, yeah, can you tell us a bit about the sound and the, the choices, the cho- the, you know what I mean? As in, they, make me, they made you jump. Yeah, so um, at the beginning, there's uh, loud music playing, and it's like a, a, the song is hot right now, which, is, again, is to throw people off guard of what they're expecting to see, first of all. And then in between each scene that takes place where it cuts between the classroom scene and then the actual scenes taking place that were within the diary entries, there's only what can be described as a boom sound effect. There's a loud noise which sort of just starts the next scene, like sort of drives it forward. And it's at first, sometimes the students are sort of off put by what's going on, but then it becomes just a clear, consistent thing that we're driving into the next scene now. This is a completely different scenario and we're we're jumping straight into a, a middle of a conversation and from there, it just helps move the play forward because there is so much information within the performance that it needs to have that drive to make sure that all the information is out within a sort of 45-minute period. So those boom sound effects just help not only the actors, us as the actors, but the audience to understand we're in a completely new scenario now. Something else is going to happen, which is completely different from what we were just watching before. And it, yeah, it's essentially that. It just really helps to get people, the audience, in the mindset that we're watching something completely different now from what we were just watching. Yeah, it really did, it really did for me, section off the different parts. And I, I, I knew when it was, you know, even though you're, and it's interesting, even though you're the same actor, the same people, but playing different characters, I knew who you were playing at that moment. And that boom was, oh God, okay. Like it was disruptive. It was uncomfortable. And I think it just really framed the whole mindset shift. And I felt that when it went back to the classroom, I could kind of sit back a bit and be like, oh, I needed that break. I needed to digest what I've just taken in. And then when it's gone, it's like, oh God, here we go again. Like, what's going to be next? And I think the final to last bit when you say, you know, is that it? What sort of happens next? I don't, I don't want to give, <laughs> give it away, but the you kind of think, oh, maybe that is it. And then there's one more scene and there's no happy ending. And it's uncomfortable to sit with. And I think, and then when you all took a bow at the end, oh, none of us knew, do we clap? Do we, do we say, oh, well done? And it's kind of like, that's just hit home really hard. Um, so obviously Chelsea is the, the main character what's it like playing Chelsea? Uh, um, wow that's a loaded question I think actually I was, I was actually thinking earlier about it I think it's actually um, I try to take myself off guard every time I play Chelsea um, which over the last week has been you know we've been in rehearsals this week so we've We've done the scene so many times to like try and get in the rhythm of it. Um, I think I try and catch myself off guard. I think coming into it, I kind of thought I'd have to read up on sexual exploitation and read from the perspective of people who have been impacted by it and kind of get in that mindset. And then I decided not to do that because actually when we're seeing Chelsea, she is just a kid and she doesn't actually recognise what she's going through until the very end. And even then, I don't think she's she's able to fully comprehend it. So I think it's almost like um, I try and do the whole show, even the bits that get quite dark, thinking about the fact that just giving, like, focusing on being a teenager, the teenager Chelsea, 
who's been put in this situation and responding like, I don't understand how to take this situation because this isn't what I'm used to, rather than coming at it from the perspective of how would a traumatised person, like, how would that trauma feel? Um, well, because at that stage, she isn't... A, at that yeah. first stage, that's not her. Yeah. She has yet to go through the trauma. Mm -hmm. You see her journey through that. And I think that's really interesting because otherwise you are you are starting the journey as a traumatised person that's been sexually exploited. Actually, Chelsea is a young girl yeah. at school who's fallen out with her parents and her boyfriend, it's all kind of gone to shit a little bit. Yeah, That's pretty normal. And actually, I guess maybe the more research you do maybe then you have preconceived ideas of her yeah she doesn't know anything about it yet does she she's just yeah. a normal girl yeah I mean obviously I um we do a post-show talk afterwards and it's also important I mean to obviously educate yourself that's what we're here to do yeah. but um yeah I think it's really tempting especially as an actor to kind of indulge in those really nasty moments and um that really hit close to home and actually I think it's almost more impactful when you're watching someone so bewildered, not understanding what is going on, and um, like a rabbit in the headlights, you know that yeah, kind exactly. of like yeah, literally. I mean, there's there's moments of that that we discussed in rehearsals, like of the fight or flight, freeze or flee. I think the last one is, and it's kind of like at what moments and at what you know what characters respond how, in in what moments. But I think um, yeah, for Chelsea, it really is. Each time you do the show, even though you've done it a hundred times before and you might do three performances in a day, trying to do it for the first time again, um, find something new in it every time. And I think the more I enjoy the beginning of the show, um, the more the second half of the show hits. Because I think the more the audience see this quite quite feisty teenager, I reckon if, if we got parents in, a lot of the parents would go, oh my God. God, that's my teenage daughter. <laughs> I can see their own kids in it, yeah. Um, I think the more you do that and the more you can recognise that that's just a genuine teenage girl, the more the second part where she's completely destroyed, she's not, she's not, she's not standing with her hand on her hip anymore, she's not fighting back, she's kind of lost herself, the more that, that hurts to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, that you do really see those two parts of her. Oh, she's fine. People use the word streetwise as well, and I think it's an awful term because street, what does streetwise like really mean? Mm. She's just a normal girl who is innocent and has got her own feelings and isn't, you know, this, I don't know. She thinks she's more mature than she is, and that, that is actually her vulnerability. Yeah. She, she wants to be more mature than she is. And at that age, I think it's really hard for kids to accept that you don't know everything yet, and that's all right. And actually admitting that is maturity. Mm. And I think... If, if we could get across to more kids that it's okay to not know everything and to not be ready for things mm -hmm. and that the sooner you can realise that, the sooner you can actually go on to start um, knowing things, really. Yeah. That's the beginning of adulthood. So in terms of that like maturity, and I guess either of you guys can answer the question because obviously you played this role previously, didn't you, is the, the, the boyfriend that's kind of like, is the role that you played before. Yeah, as in like, so for those people listening and stuff that maybe haven't seen the show is... Um, the boyfriend says, um, I'm not ready or you're, or you're not ready and all this kind of stuff and how that is a... Ma I think people sometimes think all boys be like, well, let's do this, let's do that. And actually the reality is I'm in a bit of school. That's not the case in, in all aspects at all. But how important do you think it is that there is that representation of a boy in the story that is not just like, let's just get it on, as in they're like, I don't think we're ready. I don't know who wants to... Yeah, I can take it, yeah. <laughs> um... 
Yeah, I, I think it is really important. Um, I'm, to be honest, I'm not that, I'm quite young. I'm not that far removed from the age that I'm How playing. old are you? I'm 20. Okay. So this was like, what, five years ago? Yeah. So it's still very, you know, kind of in the front of my memory, which is like, as a teenage boy in school, the biggest thing for you, the biggest thing that is expected of you or that is that you are told will be the best thing is to lose your virginity. That's all anyone talks about. It's girls and it's losing your virginity and it's like, you have to, you should. Um, and I think that probably is still the same among a lot of schools. And I think for, for young guys to see this character go, I'm not ready and show his vulnerability and um, kind of admit that because it is, it is in secondary school, I think it is quite a big thing to admit, to say, I'm not ready. It's like, oh, you're not man enough, you know. You should be ready. This is what you're supposed to do. I think for young guys to see this Shane character say that openly and um, show that vulnerability to his mate Tommy, who's really kind of egging him on, is um, really important because for a lot of the people in the audience, that could be them. Yeah, could and be could be the first time they've seen somebody go... Because they could all be thinking, God, I'm not ready, but I can't tell anybody. Yeah. But to see somebody else go, I'm not ready, might just be that thing that goes, shit, it's actually okay to like say that. Um, yeah. Did you feel a bit of responsibility then? As in like, you know, if you know, it's in sort of going forward, and if you think you've got those boys sat there going, oh, that's me. Yeah, I think, I think Shane is a character that is, he's written to be a hero, an unsure hero. He's not your typical kind of, you know, macho <laughs> save of the day. Yeah. But he does, he has strong morals. And he sticks to them and he might waver, but eventually he goes, this isn't right. I'm not ready. I'm going to do what I think I need to do. And if that means cutting his best mate off, that's what he does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do think that like to see that on stage and to see that character go through that process is is really important for for young guys to see and kind of identify with, I guess, or just know that it is OK or possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wasn't expecting it. Again, it's again we're talking about disruptiveness within the play and performance. And again, it threw me slightly. I wasn't expecting to see a boy saying, I'm not ready for this kind of stuff. And I think I hadn't really thought about it at the time, actually, that that may be the first time that people have seen, kids have seen that and gone, oh, it is okay to say it. It's not how you see it in films and stuff, is it? It's not how you, you know, or even, you know, in, at school and, you know, with their mates and stuff hanging around. Um, so in terms of... Um, preparing for the role if I can, we can, we can go now um so what what drew you to oh no, I know I don't really know how the whole kind of audition thing works but what drew you towards you know joining the project uh well coming from a personal perspective I'm also a I'm also a teaching assistant so okay. I've been working in lots of secondary schools and sort of seeing it firsthand as well as obviously being an actor and trying to get freelance acting work so sort of Theatre and education has become something that's been of real interest to me and it was why I wanted to get involved in the project, which is this crossover of what I love doing, which is acting and bringing in sort of this need for educating and seeing it firsthand of um, sort of issues that teenagers are going through and de dealing with and sort of the peer pressures and all of that stuff that no one really talks about mm. or wants to, no one wants to speak to their teachers about it because it's awkward and things like that. And, um, yeah, I think it's really important and I think it's a really great way of delivering the message through theatre. Yeah. Especially going to schools, like a lot of kids maybe haven't had access or haven't really been involved in, in theatre or the arts in any sort of way. So it's, um, 
it's a way to open the conversation both for them and it's um yeah it's, it's really impactful for us as actors as well i think it's really rewarding work as well i think as well isn't it i guess actually you know they they, they see this performance and then it's what they do in the five ten fifteen minutes afterwards and then the weeks days days weeks months and years afterwards isn't it how do they you know what what messages kind of stick with them and i guess what is the you know will there be time i don't know what maybe it's because I'm getting old <laughs> and I think that maybe when they go out I mean I remember people coming in when I was at school and we'd go out and be like oh yeah oh, whatever we'd just laugh about it I don't think anybody at any age would really walk out of that and go <laughs> you know what I mean and giggle about it I just don't I don't see that because the way it's framed and the way it's ended is horrible to be honest with you isn't it um it's not uh, it's not nothing is because it is left open as well and I guess it's left open to your own interpretation of then what happens the next day uh, you know not to spoil it and stuff but it, at the end when Chelsea goes off um you don't know what happens next you are left to imagine what that poor girl is about to go through and what her horrendous are you going to do the Joey from Friends thing whatever that is boyfriend or um controlling person now in her life is going to make her do and you don't know so I guess there's conversations that could then happen and go, sort of go from there really um so I guess just to summarize really um what is it that you would want the main takeaway for people to be sort of, you know, they've, they've come to watch Chelsea's story. Um, what would you want, you know, maybe our foster care, let's, yeah, let's, because we're not, obviously we're obviously at Blue Sky talking about our carers. What is it you'd want our foster carers to have left with today? So really we hope that from them watching the performance as foster carers is to sort of see or they'll be able to have more of an insight into maybe experiences that the people and the, the, um, the children that they're caring for might have potentially gone through because you were saying sometimes if you see things written down on paper or just told to you in a presentation you can be desensitized mm -hmm. to it or it doesn't hit a personal level or an emotional level in any sort of way so hopefully from watching the performance it sort of just brings it back to the surface and makes you realize how horrific some of the situations young people can potentially go through so that they can at least feel like they can empathize with them a bit more um, just to sort of bring that home a little bit more. Um, a lot of the time for when performing to students, because we do take it into schools most of the time, it's mainly, we hope that the majority of the students wouldn't have gone through anything close to what Chelsea goes mm. through in the performance. So for them, it's a preventative measure. It's so that if anything does potentially happen later on, maybe even, even if it's not as serious or as an extreme as what happened to Chelsea, they can have a recall thinking, no, I've seen this before. Where have I seen it? I saw it in this performance. And then they can make the like better decisions than Chelsea um, might have felt like she was making during the performance. Of course, she wasn't making any choices. She was manipulated the whole way through. But they can spot that a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. And it is easier to get out of these situations if they're spotted sooner. And I think as well, for the minority of people in the audience who might actually potentially be going through something that Chelsea's going through at that time, it's to give them at least feel like they've got the strength that they can speak about it because there is that sort of taboo feeling that oh we don't want to talk about it we'll sweep it under the under the carpet we don't we won't mention it it's not happening but it might give them the confidence to feel like no i need to speak to somebody about it and even if it is just speaking to a friend then from there they've told someone and their friend then might they might be able to tell someone else and then if it brings those issues to light then people feel like something can be done about it because we think that is the best way of helping to prevent this from happening is by people speaking about it. The more that people are clued up about how this sort of CSE can happen, how the grooming process, wo uh, process works, then hopefully people will 
be able to spot the signs much sooner and it will prevent it from happening a lot, lot more. Yeah, I would say in our, in our like training and um, <laughs> we wrap up a second, but in our like training, we talk about like the grooming line and the process and how it all works. I think today really painted that picture of how that, what that looks like in reality. We, you saw, we saw the, um, the affection, the loving, the loving that was given and then how that was just taken away and how it, and how the, the removal of that affection and the changing of it affected Chelsea and how she went from this kind of like happy girl to quivering on the floor while she stood over her with her fist closed shouting at her and then she was the one saying sorry to you and it's like what how 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 can you be saying you've not done it and then how she makes the decision or she sorry how it's shown that she has made the decision to do what she does but she hasn't made any of those decisions it's all been made for her and how controlling he has been throughout and how He's removed things gradually and how he's broken down the relationships that she's had and how he's just horrendous. Um, and now I would hope that anybody that has been, that has, you know, watched this or going to watch it later, will spot those things or or even understand and, ha- and understand more if a young person comes to live with them who has been um, sexually exploited, what that, you know, can potentially look like. Um, so... I guess just to round it up, um, if anybody hasn't checked out Chelsea's story, um, what's the website that they could find to book you guys? So uh, the company is Alter Ego Creative Solutions. So if you search um, alterego-creativesolutions.co.uk and on there it's got a list of all the different performances that the company puts on. So if you search for Chelsea's story, it will have a breakdown of uh, the, essentially the synopsis of the play and as well as all the other performances that the company puts on. On there, it will have contact information for a number and for the main office. And from there, you can contact them and just organise if you did want a performance. And we're happy to perform to any um, audience, essentially. Most of the time, it is schools, because there's the largest audience of young people that we can um, perform to. But we also do performances for, as you say, foster carers, for youth workers, for um, sometimes NHS workers or police, anyone at all. We're happy to uh, deliver the message to anyone who would want to see it. Um, and I... You know, not even though you all say I'm not trying to blow smoke at your asses, I could not recommend it um, enough. So, um, if you are listening to this, um, absolutely do check out the website um, and get these guys along to talk to you, your young people, um, or anybody that will listen. Because I think the more people that see this in reality, I think you know, the better. It needs to more eyes need to be on it. So, yeah, thank you so much for talking oh, to us you. on thank a podcast. And um, yeah.